Welcome to the You Need More Money podcast. I'm your host, Matt Monero, where I come to you each and every week from my studio in Dallas, Texas. I'm talking about something I call the give a shit factor today. I'll start with a question. When you ask someone to do something, what happens? Like, do they jump all over it and get right after it? Or do they slow roll you? Do they, do they maybe roll their eyes at you or look away? Maybe their focus starts to go away. Maybe even their shoulders start to shrug. Or maybe downright they tell you to go screw off. Or do they say things like, Roger that. Yes, sir. You bet. Sure thing, boss. Sure thing, mom. Sure thing, dad. Let me get right after it. You see, the give a shit factor is missing in our lives, in our environments, and damn straight in our companies. Because when you look at the two differences of of the, the responses, which one triggers success for you? If you ask an employee to do something and they slow roll you, they slow roll your success. Versus the opposite person who says, Roger that, yes sir, can't wait to get after it, they fuel your success. And my challenge for you on today's podcast is, who is getting in the way of your success because they have a don't give a shit attitude? You will not have a sizable business and have 100% of the staff with an incredible attitude. If you do, congratulations, you're one of the very few. You will always have one or two people that don't give a shit. Look, in business finishing school, we talk about it. Rick Sapio, my partner in that business, uh, cites a, a study not too long ago, a Gallup poll, in which 72% of employees within companies dislike their job or actually try to sabotage the company they work for. And I'm telling you, that percentage, although it seems very high, the, 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 the action is not unrealistic. There are people who actually don't like what they do, and they act, some actually go the opposite direction and actually begin to sabotage the company. I have seen it firsthand. I'm going to give you a couple examples. We had a salesperson in this office for many years. And he was an average salesperson. You could never really get top performance out of him. And for all those years, I used to manage him to the expectation from the result. So I'll give you an example. Let's say the guy needed to, and I'll just use our business as an example. Let's say the guy needed to fund $500,000 worth of truck financing per month. And every month he was funding $350,000. And I would get so frustrated with it. I would say, man, how come we can't get that 150,000? The difference between the goal of 500,000 and the result of 350,000. That shortfall is what I was managing to. And what I never really understood during that, that's why we call it this salesperson syndrome. If I mentioned his name, that would be unfair. The syndrome was how... How do we get him to hit the expectation? And what I was missing was all the benefit above the expectation. All the greatness that occurs when someone who really gives a shit goes above and beyond. And they get you from that, using my example, $500,000 a month in truck financing to six hundred dollars or seven hundred dollars or $800,000. They start to beat 
the expectation because of their attitude, their care, their service, their desire, their learning. And so I was spending so much time on this gap between the expectation and the result that I missed how much of this upside that we were actually missing out on. But then something happened. After we fired him and we began to call into all of his accounts that were generating, in this example, $350,000 a month, people really hated working with him. And because of that, they hated our company. And so what I then began to realize was it's not just the miss from the 350 uh, a month to 500,000, the 150, and it's not the upside that we were missing out on of the 500 to 600 to 700, but we were actually being damaged by the $350,000 performance. Because in order to miss the expectation by that much, you have to not be returning phone calls. You have to be being rude to customers. You have to not get back to them in a timely fashion. You have to not give a shit. And so the wake up call on the podcast today is, who in your organization falls under this category of when it really matters, they just don't give a shit. They don't stay late, they won't do the extra stuff, they won't put in an extra effort. In fact, they choose to pull the throttle back instead of hammering the throttle down 100% of the time. And now I'm gonna give you two examples of when that really does happen and how magical it is. We have a new office manager in our company and um, we had some, some because we didn't have an office manager for a couple months. And so guess what? Stuff wears out. When you got 30 people going through an office, things wear out. Doors get, or walls get dinged and, and, and ceiling tiles. When it rains uh, in one section of our roof, the, we have a ceiling tile that gets the water spot on it, right? Well, those were beginning to show up. And so we went to her and we said, listen, I know you're new here, but we've got some general office cleanup, office management, office stuff that needs to get done. She's like, bring it on. What do you need me to do? Well, I need you to get on that ladder. I need you to change out all those ceiling tiles. No problem. I need you to plant new flowers out front. You bet. Done deal. And by the way, I need you to take that can of paint that's in the supply closet, and I need you to go to the store, get a paintbrush, come back, and I want you to touch up all the scratches on the wall. Done deal. She did the whole thing in one day with the best freaking attitude you could ever ask for. That's the person you want to lean into. That's a person that can move the organization because he or she is not too big for the job or for the request, and they care about the organization. Now, here's the big tip on this. You need to lead with the why. Why does it matter? Why would someone want to get on a ladder and change out ceiling tiles that he or she could fall down and break their ankle, right? I understand why some people wouldn't want to do that job. But when you explain to them that the perception of our organization as a finance company requires us to be looked at as a dot the I's, cross the T's business. We can't look like a shitty, dumpy place when customers are giving us tax returns and bank statements and financial statements. Instantaneously, she got it. Dude, let's make this place ship in shape. Let's go. And I think why I really care about this so much is because you will never reach your success if you don't build a team. Because here's the real thing that happens. If you have a crappy team of people who really don't give a shit and you give a shit, you will end up doing all of that extra work 
all the stuff that has to get done because the, some of the people on your team who don't give a shit won't do it. Therefore, you take it on your shoulders and your back and you end up doing it. And eventually, you will end up being Superman or Superwoman. You will become this massive freakazoid, get out of my way, I'll do it person. And Superman or Superwoman dies. They get killed in business. They cannot survive because there's just not enough bandwidth for one person to scale a business and do all of it. The other thing is you might get a little bit scorned. You just might get pissed and you stop hiring people. You stop believing people. You stop trusting in people. So I challenge you, you gotta work with people who give a shit. And you, the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink is not true. You got to lean into the people. You got to help these people. You got to train them. You got to give them expectations and give them chances. One, two, three chances. And if they still let you down or they don't give a shit, blow their ass out. Fire their freaking ass. I'm going to finish on this one story that I tell my boys all the time. You've heard me tell this story 20 times. But uh, my first job outside of mowing lawns and, and shoveling snow, walking dogs, doing all that sort of stuff, my first real job where I actually got a check, I was 14. And I got a job working in a restaurant in my hometown. And that restaurant just started to serve brunch. They had, they're like, you know, no breakfast, no brunch, just lunch and dinner. But they started to serve Sunday brunch. And I got hired as a, cook, a guy in the, cook, in the kitchen, which actually ended up getting me really interested in the restaurant business. Why I ended up going to Johnson Wales to get a, you know, a, a, a cooking degree and hotel restaurant management degree. But I remember my first day, the guy says, go into the storage closet and get that silver griddle because we're going to make pancakes for brunch. And I went into the storage closet and the most disgusting griddle, silver griddle was there. It was covered with grease. It was foul. And they stuck me on the line. For those of you who know the restaurant business, when you're in the kitchen where the food is cooked is called the line. They stuck me all the way down at the end of the line in no man's land. And I had my little griddle and I had my spatula and I had my pancake mix. And my job was when the order for pancake ca pancakes came in, my job was to make the pancakes. That was all I had to do. The orders for brunch start to come popping in. The owner's working on the line. Two, three other guys are working on the line. These guys are getting crushed, making omelets and making eggs benedict. The sweat's pouring off them. The owner's kick screaming and yelling at everybody to get it all right. And I'm just sitting down there all the way at the end of the line. Nobody's ordering pancakes. I have nothing to do. No one's telling me what to do. And I remember it vividly. Some kicked into me and said, clean the damn griddle, kid. And that's what I did. I started scraping that griddle, all that filthy, disgusting grease. I got steel wool on it. I got a scrub pad. And I made that griddle look like new and nobody asked me to do it. And I remember the owner of the restaurant getting buried with his eggs benedict screaming to somebody, would somebody please get some pancakes ordered? All this damn kid is doing at the end of the line is cleaning the griddle. And I said, man, he got it. He figured it out, man. He never even asked me that. And he saw the value that I was bringing to the organization. Law, I wasn't just sitting there taking my damn check. That's the message, man. You gotta have people who give a shit who do things above and beyond the call of duty, otherwise you'll never get your success, the wheel of your success, spinning at the right level. I wanna remind you, we're 30, 40 days out for the Business Finishing School BFS Summit 
Go to bfssummit.com. Meet me in Dallas, Texas, February 22, 23, 24. Meet me, Tim Story, Elena Cardone, Dr. Ivan Meisner, Haas Pratt, Rick Sapio, Rand Stegen, incredible lineup of speakers, couple hundred people who want to get better in both their business and their lives through simplicity, probability, and leverage. BFSSummit.com. And I'm going to give you a code. If you've made it this far, type in Matt 400 and get the deepest discount you can. I'll see you all down the road. That's our episode this week with your host, Matt Monero. Check us out every Friday at 12 p.m. Central as we discuss money, your life, and how you need more money.